0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, just looking at three verses today, John chapter 17, verses 6 to 18. We're talking about the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 over Lent, and so today we're going to be looking at verses six to eight, the verses will be on the screen, but if you want to follow along in your Bible or smartphone or tablet, feel free to do that. Well, you can start to feel spring in the air, you know, you can start to get it warm. I understand we hit 300 centimeters of snow yesterday. Uh, last last uh, year, there was only 195, I think they said, so, so we're well over now, but we're not out of winter yet. But we will get there. There is hope. Well, I just, you know, just as the, the seasons come and go, there is hope, uh, and uh, hope is a good, good thing. Well, you heard the prayer read, uh, first part of the prayer read today. Let me read verses six to eight. I reveal to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. A couple of weeks ago, we were, uh, as part of our Cuban mission trip, in, uh, in a free Methodist church in Pinar del Rio, uh, and we met Pastor Ana Luisa. Now, uh, the worship was great. Uh, people were exuberant. But at one point in the service, some of the guys went to the front of the church, and this is just part of congregational worship, and they started to dance. And when I say dance, I I, I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean a little bit air guitar. I don't mean just bobbing up and down. I mean they danced like they busted some moves, right? Uh, like, I mean, it was what, what I would imagine David was like when he danced before the Lord with all his might, right? Just dancing uh, like crazy. One of the people who were dancing that way was the, was the pastor's husband. And I, I just uh, we wanted to hear the story, so, so I, uh, we, we asked through the interpreter for, uh, for Pastor Anna Louisa, uh, how did you come to know the Lord? Well, she said, my husband came to know the Lord first. He had been in this accident where a truck had rolled over his leg, and it didn't heal well, and he, he walked from that time on with a... A stiff leg wherever he walked it was like with a limp the leg had to stay straight well he just couldn't bend it it was a stiff leg so he ran into this Christian who who shared faith with him and and he gave his heart to the Lord Uh, next Sunday you know this this uh, Christian invites him to his church it was a little Nazarene church in Cuba and uh, and so the service was going on the pastor asked the people in the church to kneel when they prayed. Well, of course, this guy has a stiff leg. He can't kneel, right? So, uh, so he gets home and he told his wife, I'm not going back to church. I was embarrassed. You know, the pastor asked me to kneel. I couldn't kneel. And, and uh, Anna Luisa, wasn't a Christian at this time, says, if you're going to be a religious man, you've got to learn to kneel. Um, so guy, the he got down and God healed his knee right then and there, and he was able to kneel and to pray, right? So, seeing the power of God, Anna Louisa gave her heart to to the Lord and went on to become a, a pastor. I love these stories of how people come to faith, but when you hear a story of a person coming to the Lord, you're hearing the story on one level, but there's something else going on in the spiritual realm that takes a person from where they are and makes them a disciple of Jesus. That's what we're going to look at today, a glimpse of that reality. In these verses that we're reading, Jesus is praying for his 12 disciples. But he's also speaking about a reality that is true of us as well. Hear these verses again. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. First of all, uh, a disciple is someone who the Father gives to the Son. I revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. You gave them. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. You probably heard some people say in reference to everyone in the world, well, we're we're all God's children. That's not quite true. But all people belong to God because he created them. But it's those who receive him to become children of God. It's those who put their faith in Jesus that are the ones who become children of God. Jesus is, is praying here. He says, These disciples of mine, they, they were yours because, well, everyone and everything is yours. But before you gave them to me, they were in the world. Now, You gave them to me out of the world. They've come out of the world. And because you gave them to me, they are mine. They're yours and you gave them to me. That's the beginning of discipleship. This divine transfer. We're given by the Father to the Son out of the world. Uh, Paul uh, puts it this way, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, forgiveness of sin. Jesus uses the language, they, they were given to me out of the world. When Jesus talks about his disciples coming out of the world, he's not saying they're leaving the planet Earth. Uh, the world, in this case, means that uh, a place that doesn't know God, a place that really doesn't take note of God. They live as if God doesn't exist. So when they're taken out of the world, they go from a place where God is irrelevant in their lives to a place where their lives are centered on Jesus. Now, you can be very religious, like some of the disciples' were, and yet still need to come out of the world. A disciple is someone who the father gives the son but a disciple is someone to whom Jesus reveals the father I have revealed you to those who gave me out of the world the father gives us to the son the son reveals the father to us Jesus shows us what what God is like when you're looking from our perspective this looks like well there's something in us that wants to know God Um, or we saw some uh, saw that we needed God or we felt this draw towards God we came to believe that God loved us that Jesus died for us we put our faith in in what the Bible says and and we receive Jesus into our hearts we we believe the Word of God when it says in john chapter 1 yet to all who receive him to all who who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god children born not of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will but born of god there's this divine mystery god chooses us gives us to jesus and we choose god we receive him passage in john tells us we accept him And uh, I love that. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now, let's not get too theoretical here. Jesus says, "You, you gave these guys to me. He's talking about the 12 disciples, right? Um... You remember these guys Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, rest of the 12. Father, these 12 guys were yours while they were in the world. You gave them to me. Process took them out of the world. I showed you to them, and they've become obedient to what you've said. You gave them to me. If I was Jesus, I was thinking, Father, you need to up your game on your presence, okay? Like, I mean, because you gave me some losers here Um, don't want to be unkind but uh, you know you gave me a tax collector and expertise ripping people off you gave me a zealot expertise creating insurrections you gave me a couple of fishermen and uh, expertise uh, scratching out a living Gave me a couple of mamas, boys. Yeah, expertise, one-upmanship. A few outstanding among them. Thanks, Uh, thanks for Nathaniel. I didn't see any guile in him. Andrew, I always thought, was a cool guy, too. But for most of the, for the most part, these guys span the spectrum from the colorful to the mundane. Jesus says, Father, you gave these guys to me. Jesus was saying that before i ever walked up to matthew in his tax collector book booth and and said follow me he was yours um and you gave him to me before i ever walked up to peter james and john's mending their nets said follow me they were yours you gave them to me and people if you have ever made a move towards god you, too, were in the hands of God. And whether you like to acknowledge it or not, you were God's possession even before you came. The prostitute, the saint, the pusher, the priest, the religious, and the irreligious are all God's possession. The child you've been praying about forever to come back to the Lord, They're God's possession. And God doesn't lose track of his possessions. That friend that has been on your heart forever, you've been praying for them, they're God's possession. And it may seem like they're far, far away from God. It seems like they take no thought of God. Well, of course they don't. They're in the world. But God knows who they are. Keep on praying. Keep on praying for a revelation of the Father. Jesus says, these 12 guys were yours, and you gave them to me from the world. And when we're given to Christ by the Father, or when we receive God's offer of salvation, depending on what perspective you're looking at, God are ours. We're taken out of the world. Our perspective has changed, and our lives start to revolve around God. God. I've revealed you to those who you gave me out of the world. They were yours and and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now look at the response of the disciples. They have obeyed your word. What have they done up until now? Well, they responded to Jesus call to follow him. Were they perfect? Not even close. A lot of times they got their theology wrong. Their behavior was less than stellar. But Jesus says, they've obeyed your word. When Jesus says that, he doesn't mean that they become perfect. But they're living and they're learning and pushing into learning about God. They've been following Jesus for three years now. And they're learning about what God is like. Out of the world, obedient to the Word. You become come out of the world to become Jesus' very own. He reveals the Father to you, and you become obedient to the Word. You become obedient to what He shows you. Why am I spending so much time on this? Well, there's a temptation in every generation. To make following Jesus something that is not. I went to a movie Friday night. And Linda and I uh, we saw the Jesus Revolution. Uh, it was a dramatization of the the Jesus movement in the late 60s, early 70s. The movie portrays two di- types of disciples. One one type wore suits, had short hair, were quite legalistic. The movie called them squares. The others were hippies the movie is about the acceptance and rejection of one type of disciple over another type of disciple here's the thing our outward style doesn't define what kind of disciple we are how we do church whether we dance or not whether we sing hymns or courses whether we raise our hands in worship or adore him silently in our heart, that doesn't define what kind of disciple we are. Most churches sit in rows like we do here. Other churches meet around tables. Other churches I know of meet under trees or sit on the ground. Some churches gather in a circle. How we do church doesn't define what kind of disciple we are. The type of music we sing, the kind of clothes we wear, and the kind of church we attend doesn't define what kind of disciple you are. See, we're, we're really, really prone to make a religion out of our style. And when we do that, we can start to do church and take very little thought of God. We get focused on how we like this song or didn't like that song. We get focused on how we like or didn't like the sermon. We get focused on things about God without actually focusing on God. And when this starts to happen, we... We make following Jesus into something that it's not. It becomes about style. It becomes about a religious thing to do. But God's kind of irrelevant. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. True discipleship has a supernatural flavor to it. It's a revelation of who God is. It's a a divine transfer out of the world, and we become Jesus' very own. It comes with obedience to God as he's revealed himself in Jesus. There's a supernatural edge that permeates all of our life. You can't even pray properly without the supernatural. There's this deep knowing about who Jesus is. It moves from a belief, a kind of thinking, to a, something that settles deep, deep, deep down in our hearts. I, I know Jesus. And knowing Jesus, is a full revelation of God. Verse 7, Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. There's this deep knowing. It moves from belief to our heart. Now, if you were to go back a few chapters, Philip is struggling with this whole thing. He said, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority? Rather, it's the Father living in me, do who is doing his work. I'm in the Father, the Father is in me. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now they know everything that that you have given me comes from you. That's the disciples. There's this deep knowing. Verse 8. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed you sent me. They knew with certainty I came from you. First part of being a disciple is coming out from the world. Being obedient to the world, word and then God is, uh, is revealed in Christ. Second part is this deep knowing and believing who Jesus is they he came from the Father and the words that he spoke about God well they're God's very own he's the revelation of the Father if you're going to be a disciple you're going to have to come to terms with who Jesus is now I, I get it people that this is really basic but If it's so basic, how did Christianity become about politics? How did Christianity become about judging those in the world? How did Christianity become more about forms and styles of worship than it is about who Jesus is? So look at how Christianity has evolved over the years. There's a dynamic it goes on. Certain times and places, there, there have been these movements of God, uh, these fantastic movements of God in history. Uh, and oftentimes the church has been called back to this authentic faith. People encounter God. Often people are dramatically saved in these movements. They're called out of the world. And what do you do when God moves? Well, my experience is, well, you want to stay in the presence of God. So you want to put into practice what you know. So you worship God and out of these, the sense of God and this worship of God, there comes fresh expressions of of worship. New kinds of worship come to the forefront. Over church history, I've heard anything from quiet, quiet experiences with god in in just quietness to um well exuberant singing old holiness movement part of the free methodist church history um you know if people got blessed you know what they do they'd start to stand up and cheer and they would run around the church they would circle the outside of the church waving white hankies Anybody have a white hanky they can wave? Not likely, right? That was a, that was a different, different time, different place. But that was their expression because God moved in, in such a dramatic way. And they were just so excited about the presence of God. And, and yeah, pretty incredible. Uh, other movements like where the Pentecostal church came from, the revival at Azusa Street in California. Displayed the gifts of the Spirit. There was this demonstrative worship and people raised their hands and they were worshiping God and, and it became uh, a form of worship. That's how, how people respond to the moving of God. And in every authentic move of God, Jesus is revealed and the focus is on Jesus. Forms of church develop around the revelation, but they're, they're, they're supporting. We're all pointing to Jesus. If you track those movements, what happens is the people who are involved with them, their lives are dramatically changed. I mean, they take a a 90 degree turn and, and they just love Jesus and it shows in how they live and they live that out over the long haul. But then the next generation comes along they experienced the forms of worship that they were brought up in, the forms that were generated by the revival and uh, generated out of this move of God. And so they experienced the forms, but they haven't experienced the move of God. And so then what happened was you have free Methodists arguing with Pentecostals, arguing with Baptists out of which form is the best? And it's not about the forms, right? It's about Jesus. We need to know him. We need him to reveal himself to the Father and the Father to us. Whenever this doesn't happen, our our faith becomes something that was never meant to be. So the question is, how does it happen? Here's what I want you to know God loves you more than you'll ever know. He wants you to know Him in this deep, substantial way, authentic way. I know that He wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants you to be obedient to the Word and His call, and His call because, well, He knows what's best for you. The good news is that. The Father and the Son want this for you. You don't have to make them do it. You don't have to twist their arm to do it. You don't have to somehow need to convince them. They want you to have this revelation, this deep knowing. Here's God's promise to you, found in Jeremiah chapter 29. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You seek me and you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. Hmm. Not seeking forms of religion, forms of worship where we're trying to work ourselves up to God where we put on a nice face and we we think this does it. We pretend to be what we're not if there's one thing that God asks of you it's just to be authentic if you come with you to him with your doubts your fears your hopes and your dreams and and say Lord this is who I am I need a fresh revelation of who you are would you do that for me I don't want to pretend Don't want to pretend I'm something I'm not. Lord, I'm just, this is me talking to you. And I'm going to seek you with who all of who I am, with my whole heart. God's promises is is that you're going to find him. Jesus prayed this prayer on the night he was betrayed. He prayed it in the hearing of his disciples. He prayed it so that they would have something profound to fall back on when he was crucified. They went through some pretty dark times after Jesus prayed this prayer. But when the resurrection came and they walked into the new life that was theirs because of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, it all came tumbling back. Fresh revelation of God. The renewed again we're walking to the cross in this lenten season my prayer for you is that you would come with all of you are no hidden parts of your heart and say jesus i'm in front of the cross and i'm seeking you show me the father reveal yourself to me open up my heart to you let's pray lord For most people here, you've taken us out of the world and we've become obedient to the word, but we need a fresh touch from you. So, Lord, I'm asking, by the power of your name, move in our midst in such a way where the Lord will be refreshed and renewed and we'll have this deep, deep, deep knowing of Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.